It's Your Health Radio, a special podcast series presented by Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. I'm so glad you could join us for It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and we have Dr. George Barnes with us today. He's the medical director of the Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital Wound Care Center and Hyperbaric Chamber Medicine. He's here to tell us about wound care and hyperbaric chamber medicine. What is that? Dr. Barnes, I'm so glad to have you join us today. Your field is really such an evolving field and really an exciting time. Before we get into HBO, well, let's talk a little bit about wound care, why it's so important. What is it? All right, well, thanks for having me, Melanie. Wound care is kind of an evolving specialty in that, that it's not a recognized American board specialty, but it's moving towards that. There is actually a, a group in Chicago that's trying to get board certification for it. But at this point in time, there's a lot of people who practice wound care. One, because there are a lot of wounds. I think traditionally people have had wounds that particularly people that have diabetes and things like that, and they've led to sequelae, which people feel if they had had an earlier intervention, then it probably would have had a better outcome. So we see a lot of wounds mostly on the legs, most commonly, and most commonly on the legs, the most common wound is related to people that have venous disease, which is usually undiagnosed. Well, that's interesting. So as you're telling us the type of wounds that you see in wound clinic, why do people with diabetes have special issues when it comes to leg and foot health and wounds? How do some of those kinds of complications develop? Well, the problem with diabetes is, unfortunately, it's a systemic disease, meaning that pretty much any organ system from the skin to your eyes, your kidneys, your heart, blood vessels can be affected. Now, the particular problem that we have in the lower extremity is that you have a lot of, the further down you go, the smaller the vessels are, and diabetes in particular tends to affect you know the function of arteries, arterioles, things that deliver the blood. So people have unrecognized problems with their blood supply, and they sometimes continue with the same um, behaviors that they've had when they didn't have diabetes. For example, going to the nail salon, having unqualified people that say weren't podiatrists, you know, cutting your toenails, things like that. Generally, unsanitary foot soaks, which mean they're not clean, but they're not sterile. So therefore, your risk for getting infections are greater because, again, diabetes not only affects people's vascular supply, but it also affects their ability to fight infections, to heal, just a whole gamut of, of skin problems that can relate. And that's pretty much the reason why diabetes is such a significant diagnosis for wound health. And sometimes they don't even feel them, right? Sometimes they have that neuropathy and they don't even really feel those wounds so that they don't even know that they've got them. Yeah, and that's more importantly, again, back to behaviors people do before they know they have diabetes, meaning specifically walking around outside without shoes, going to the beach, running in the sand, those kind of things. Because obviously, if you can't feel a wound, you know, you don't have your shoes sized properly, then you get friction and blisters and things like that. So yeah, peripheral neuropathy, but that tends to be more of a late sequelae, not an early sequelae. So people know they have diabetes and if they've gone through the education and they know what to do, then they know they need to protect their feet. So it's it's usually a little bit more unlikely that they, they would be running around in sand without shoes on, that kind of thing. 
So Dr. Barnes, when should a person seek medical attention? We all get wounds for various reasons, kids, adults, older adults, we all get these. How do we determine if a wound is healing properly? Can you tell us some of the signs that it may be infected or some things we should be looking for, red flags to tell us that a wound is not healing as it should? In terms of wound care patients, for the most part, we have patients which have chronic wounds by definition means that the wound has been there for more than 30 days. Now, obviously, if you were a normal 12-year-old kid and you went out and skinned your knee, generally, it doesn't matter what your mother or your father put on it, it'll probably heal. But as we age and our skin tends not to be as healthy, it tends to be a little bit more frail than things that were minor traumas when you're younger tend to uh, not heal as quickly. So if you've had a wound for, you've been treating it, giving it proper attention, 30 days, it hasn't healed. If all of a sudden, you know, you have more pain, drainage, the wound is red, suggesting it might be infection. That's another area of concern where you might want to have your primary care doctor refer you to a wound care center. And then the other issue, obviously, if you know you have diabetes, Anytime you have wounds on your feet, you have to be more diligent about follow-up. People that that have problems with circulation and they know they have problems, whether it's a vein or an artery, those kind of people at any point they get a wound probably should be more diligent and present to a wound care center uh, earlier. But for the average person, scab, scrape your knee and it's closing in on two weeks. It's probably nothing that you necessarily need to run to a wound care center for. But if you have underlying issues that you know about from rheumatoid arthritis to sickle cell to anything like that, then those are the kind of patients that probably should present at a wound care sooner sooner. Well, then tell us a little bit about your exciting field of work. Dr. Barnes, tell us what HBOT is and how you determine the best course of treatment for wounds, because there are you've got quite a few tools in your toolbox these days. Tell us a little bit about some of those. For the most part, hyperbaric oxygen is a, is a system where you undergo pressurized oxygen treatment, 100% meaning that the greater the pressure, the more oxygen is dissolved in your blood and the chance of delivering oxygen at a point where there's a wound is increased. Now, hyperbaric oxygen has been around a while, but hyperbaric oxygen is, is undergoing a lot of scrutiny and control now from a Medicare standpoint in the sense that there are very strict criteria that require for Medicare that would follow through. Obviously, one of the more common things that we see is diabetic foot ulcers, and that's one of the prime indications for hyperbaric oxygen therapy. In addition to diabetic wounds, we also see a significant number of wounds that we don't have direct access to, meaning that there are wounds that are involved in the bladder, which present with bleeding. And this usually is uh, happens in patients who've undergone radiation therapy for prostate, rectal cancer, or cervical cancer in the past, and they present with hematuria. So in that situation, that's in our clinic is one of the more common circumstances where we apply HBO therapy because it's a proven and effective therapy for assisting urologist treatment of hematuria. Other things that depending on location, necrotizing infections of the skin and hospitalized patients after debridement or circumstance, again, there's limitations in that your, your facility needs to be actually part connected to the hospital, so that can happen. We treat people that have failed grafts, people that have gone plastic surgery for uh, closing ulcers or trauma to the limb if the graft gets ischemic. 
meaning it has a problem of blood supply, then that's another circumstance where we see patients where we can apply hyperbaric oxygen therapy. There are more smaller esoteric treatments for people that have hearing loss, things like that, but we don't as commonly treat those type of patients. But the most common thing we see are the, the cystitis of the bladder, failed grafts, people that have diabetic foot wounds. Those are kind of typical things we treat. The process varies anywhere from usually six weeks to eight weeks, five days a week. They come in and the whole treatment experience is probably two hours total, but 90 minutes where you're actually in the, under pressure in the chamber. Well, that's what I want to talk about next, doctor, because this is really interesting. And when I first learned about it, and it was because of divers or something, right? There was the pressure, and it was something that helped divers breathe better, if I'm correct, something along those lines. But I find it so interesting. Tell listeners what it's like in the chamber. When we first encounter a patient, the first question I ask them is I ask them, can they swim? And and usually when you're kids and you're jumping in a pool, you swim to the bottom pool of 10 feet. And you know, further down you go, the more you have to attempt to clear your ears. So obviously if a person has done that and able to clear their ears, and that's a good sign. And obviously some people are scuba divers and they know they can clear their ears. Now, that's probably the most important thing, one, because that's the most common complication. If a person has a problem in a tube, it's usually going to be because they have what's called barrel trauma, which means they're, they can't clear their new station tube. So the pressure in their ear and their throat equalizes. And that's particularly people that have had like a problem with radiation of their jaw, things like that, which is another treatment where we give them some hyperbarics before you pull their teeth out. If they've had radiation to their jaw, then that side of the face could be scarred and they could also have a problem with their uh, eustachian tube. So that's another indication. But as long as they can clear their ears and they don't have any issues where they've had problems where their lungs, they've had what's called blebs or little pockets of air in their lung that rupture and cause a problem, then that's usually the most common things that stop a person. In addition to obviously, you have to be healthy enough in terms of your heart, meaning your heart has a function well enough that your your ejection fraction is not going to be affected by pressure. And so as long as that situation is good, we usually can take it. Now, traditionally, obviously, this started from the, it's called the Underseas Medicine Society because people that had nitrogen narcosis, which is what the reason was, when you go down, the more you go down underwater, if you're going down 100 feet and you stay there so many minutes, then your saturate your body becomes saturated with nitrogen and that as you come up will bubble out. And if you come up too fast or too much, then those are the situation where people get what's called the bends. And that was the primary reason why they started doing hyperbaric oxygen was to allow them to equilibrate and have that come off without affecting you know their eyes and other kind of organs secondary to the nitrogen narcosis as they called it or the nitrogen the bends. Isn't that so interesting? Dr. Barnes, I'd like to discuss wounds for a minute with some real good practical advice. You've told us about HBOT. You've told us about the causes of some of these wounds, the complications, you know, what you're seeing most often in clinic. Now there are people walking around with all kinds of wounds and you are a wound expert. So I'd love to tap you here and have you tell us about treating our own wounds. And you can start with nutrition for diabetes and the importance of monitoring their glucose levels and keeping their good nutrition under control because that does help 
with these wounds. Yes. And then we're going to talk about how we dress our own. Well, in terms of our approach to a person that has diabetes and when they come in, we first order a basic lab set for us, which includes what's called a hemoglobin A1C. And a hemoglobin A1C is basically just a three-month measure of approximation of glucose control. Now, I mean, there's no data to suggest that just measuring a hemoglobin A1C is going to tell you whether it's high, low, whether one's going to heal, but at least you get a sense of whether they need some intervention from their primary care doctor in terms of better glucose control, which does assist wound healing in the sense that if your blood sugar is uncontrolled, then your risk of infection and other things like that are higher. So it's, it's better to have a comprehensive approach. The other thing we do in terms of nutrition is there's you know, varied methods you can use, but I tend to use pre-albumin. The reason I use that is just because it cycles in two weeks or so. You're going to know if you're given a protein or something, whether at least you're registering the protein levels going up as opposed to albumin, which things like that, which takes like three weeks or more for it changes. And that's why we use the pre-albumin. And then education, glucose education, meaning that they have a good sense. And if they don't, then you send them to a glucose or a blood sugar management clinic where they understand about measuring their blood sugar, what they should, shouldn't eat in their circumstance, what makes their blood sugar go up and down, that kind of thing, the signs of hypoglycemia. And then from there, you know, it's the standard wound care that we provide once a week for the person, which is involves the breed month, which means we're trying to take off either, frankly, dead tissue or tissues that are aspects of the wound that will allow it to heal a little faster. And that's what we do with that. So for those of us that get wounds occasionally, and maybe they heal, maybe they take a little bit longer, but generally they do heal. Can you give us some of your best practical advice? Do we clean with soap and water? Or do we use neosporin? bacitracin? Do we cover and keep them moist? Do we leave them open, keep them dry? Give us your best wound advice here. Well, the the basic principle wound care, whether you're at home or not, obviously I personally ascribe to soap and water, washing the extremity, keeping it clean, and then apply, make sure that there's a moist wound environment, meaning that if you're a person that has a swollen leg, secondary to venous disease, blah, 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 drips, drains, then you want to, you want that to be less moist. So you would put something dry on it. So absorb some of that fluid as opposed to a wound that's dry. You want to keep that moist. So for the most part, whether the wound is is dry or moist, you want to keep it covered because although scabs can still lead to wound healing in our circumstance, you know, we're, we're not trying to have patients with scabs on their wounds. We're trying to have a patient with an appropriate, clean, moist environment or appropriately dry so that the new skin can come across and cover the wound. The other thing about wounds, again, I was saying the most common wound that's found in the lower extremity is a venous wound. In that circumstance, you need to make sure that if you know you have venous disease, which a lot of people do, that you wear the appropriate compression that was prescribed for you. And if your leg is swollen and you can't wear the compression, then that's when you would need to present to a wound care center where we can then take care of the wound, and also start adequate compression so it'll allow things to heal and you won't have the edema and things like that or slow down wound healing. This is so informative. You're a great educator, Dr. Barnes. Wrap it up for us with your best advice about wound healing 
keeping an eye on them, checking even if someone has diabetes, keeping a watch on their feet, checking for these kinds of wounds that don't heal, and when you want them and feel that it's important that they visit the Henry Mayo Newhall Wound Care Center. I think, you know, as I tell people that I personally have diabetes, I mean, the first thing you need to do is is come to the realization that your overall health is going to be at risk if you aren't if you don't educate yourself about diabetes and particularly your feet, how to take care of your feet and follow up with the appropriate health professional podiatrist that that's gonna allow you to take care of your feet as opposed to going to a spa where, you know, everybody's in a spa and your risk of infection is greater. I think that if you have a wound and you have underlying conditions that put you at risk, meaning arterial circulation issues, venous issues, then you need to have a more heightened sense of awareness of the need to follow up with your primary care doctor who can then refer you to a wound care center. And in our circumstance, and probably most wound care centers, you can self-refer. So you don't necessarily, you just have to have a wound. You don't necessarily have to have a referral unless you obviously have a uh, HMO or something that requires that. But you still can come in to see us and self-refer and we'll be happy to take care of it. But I think for the most part, you have to know yourself, know your risk factors in terms of diabetes, arterial disease, things like that, you should know. And then you know that all those things can slow down wound healing and put you at at greater risk of limb loss and things like that. And that's when you should be more aggressive and following up. Thank you so much, Dr. Barnes, for joining us today. If you or someone you know has a wound that isn't healing properly, please call Henry Mayo Newhall Wound Care at 661-200-1525, or you can visit henrymayo.com slash woundcare for more information. You can also visit the free health information library at library.henrymayo.com. That concludes this episode of It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm your host, Melanie Cole. Until next time.